everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Frank, here as always with my other co-host, AJ. How's it going? Hey, very well. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Um, I'm super excited for this episode this week because we have a special guest. Um, my my college buddy and longtime friend, uh, John Fath, is joining us via Skype from... Uh, Herndon, uh, Virginia, right? Are you still in Herndon, John? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, still in Herndon. Things are going well so far. Um, we wanted to bring you on. Uh, we, we've been talking about this for a long time because you are a fellow Star Wars fan. Uh, a couple years back when um, uh, Force Awakens was coming out, all of us donned our costumes for the first time, and I recently put Obi-Wan back on at, at New York Comic Con. Um, but you... Uh, have kept the same costume and have been upgrading it ever since. So you are in, in essence, a Mandalorian. Like, can you tell us a little bit about like how this all started for you and like what you, how you feel about it? And especially now that there's a show that everyone's like super attuned to, to the Mandalorian culture. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny. I feel like in that time we, I was just dipping into like star Wars stuff. And then once we started down that process and I, broke out the Mandalorian I just went so hard and deep into it <laughs> just way out <laughs> way right um but yeah I'm part of the Mandalorian Mercs costume club now which is a charity organization and one of the big Star Wars clubs that does uh, a lot of events and stuff and yeah I took what used to be like an old piece of of fiberglass kit that I put together and now everything is made of stainless steel and I have electronics and all kinds of cool stuff on there that I go out with it's awesome yeah, dude, it's it's super impressive. I feel like I've seen you wear it a couple of times now, and like each time there's another little thing that you add to it, and it just it's really cool. I, I feel like you mentioned recently like you had a, a tragedy with your helmet or something. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, took a dive off the washing machine and committed committed suicide. It was really sad. Oh um, man, somebody who will not be mentioned. My wife, um, she <laughs> turned on. <laughs> Turned on the dryer to leave when we were moving, and then it, it vibrated and flew off of the washer and exploded into a bunch of pieces. And she oh. was like, I'm so sorry. I don't care how much money it takes. You just do what you got to do, and I'll look the other way. So <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was looking upgraded anyway right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I went super hard, and I contacted this guy. His name is Dresden, and he makes um, stainless steel helmets, and he has like an eight-month waiting list. And I got on there and his claim to fame with them is he can put a helmet that he makes on the ground and then stand on top of it with all of his other metal armor on, which is more than 300 pounds. So I was like, cool, that will never die again. Coming off of a washing machine, at least. Wow. Sure. <laughs> sure. That's awesome. You basically got like real Beskar steel then. like this stuff is like legit. Yeah, it's the closest thing. Like, I'm pretty sure that I, it it could be crash test verified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it? Does it get like super heavy? You know, it's not that bad. I tr I've been wearing it for like a, f a few different occasions now, and it's hardly noticeable. It's just a little bit less breathable, but that's yeah. fine. So, like, do you do you have like a, a code name or a name that you go by, or you just kind of like, you know, just you? They uh they give us numbers actually. So I'm okay. member number sixteen hundred and then my codename is Vix, like the Vapo Rub. <laughs> right. Well that's also like your 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 name on like other like uh like on, on Nintendo and like other stuff like that, right? That's like your your code name, right? Yeah, that's my that's my all the nerd shit handle. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Vix is that's 
that fits pretty well in like the Mando stuff. So like, do you guys get together? Like, I, I feel like you've talked about like you've gone to like Awesome Con and other conventions and stuff. Do you all get together and dress up? Yeah, the big conventions are awesome because we'll get like usually between fifteen and thirty people that will go, and it kind of like blows away folks. And then we'll also do. Uh, stuff at hospitals and that's usually smaller numbers and we get together at least once a month to work on kits uh, I haven't gotten out much lately just because <laughs> I haven't had anything to work on <laughs> And you know, I'm trying to be a little bit risk averse right now with spending money on my costume <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can understand especially after replacing parts and stuff like that But I think that's the cool thing. It's like you can always make tweaks and you can make upgrades and like as long as things are working like you whenever it feels right and like that like ties into the like the plot of the show in a lot of ways like um aj i haven't mentioned this to you because like i know that you're not a, a huge uh gamer but like when this show started i'm like he's basically like it's a video Samus game from, it's a video <laughs> game he's like uh, it's a metroidvania like he has all this cool stuff he gets he armor upgrades and... he has yeah. missions <laughs> yeah he's got exp going and everything it's wild <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, like, I guess we can get into the show now. Um, John, like, have you been digging it so far? Like, we could talk, like, like just high level, and then we can get deep into the uh, episode three in a minute. But, like, is, are you enjoying this? So, I haven't seen one person that does Mando stuff that has said one negative thing about the show. Everybody's fanboying or fangirling really hard on it right now because – it's just like such a good example of like nitty gritty late seventies, early eighties Star Wars, and we haven't seen that in a while, except with like Rogue One, and that was so hardcore tragic. So it's yeah. been it's just been awesome. And the feels to me like the cadence of all the episodes so far, they've been directed similarly enough, so it doesn't feel like it's just joined it. It's just been awesome. Yeah. I mean we've we've been raving about it. Everybody I talk to that has seen it is a, a huge fan. Um, you know, like I agree with you. The fact that it, it, it feels like this gritty lived in universe. I love that. It's like the, the uh, empire stormtroopers and not like the first order stormtroopers. And like, like it's interesting because like the stormtroopers are essentially adopted from clone troopers, which were based off of Mandalorian culture. So it's like, you get all this like cool armor that is like in this universe together. And then like, He's not the only one, which is pretty cool. Like yeah, it's. I feel so bad for the stormtroopers too. I don't know if you guys get get that get that vibe, but they just look like they're so beaten down, and they just like are trying to get through their day jobs. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah, look like but sad also puppies. These, <laughs> these guys look like some of like the most hardcore. These guys are the like. Obviously, like in uh, you know the galaxy, you don't have to go to Argentina. You can go anywhere you want to go. You know, <laughs> so. Like these guys are off, you know, on whatever the fuck planet this is. Um, do you think I've been asked waiting to ask you this question? Do you think that this show is like kind of living up to like the Mandalorian kind of lore and culture that has kind of been portrayed in the Star Wars universe? You know, like we've seen some of it that comes a little bit in the expanded universe, and now oh, yeah, like it's, definitely, and it, this is just like gonna blow it up beyond anything I could even imagine, right? They're doing a really good job. Like, you know, a lot of folks know there's what's considered like old and new canon for Star Wars. It means like stuff that they consider is legitimate or not in the universe. And it looks like they went back and took a hard look at all of that older stuff and bought and like pulled the really cool things and the culture in to make it 
you know, seem like older fans would be still interested in it and like want to keep watching, but newer fans could also really easily it's streamlined so they can enjoy it too. And I just think that that's been awesome, especially from a lore perspective. It's just been so dope to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think the other cool thing is that they, they have canonized a lot of it with like clone wars and rebels. Um, and like, that was just like the, the beginning. And it's, it's so funny because it, it started off from this, like, love of boba fett who like isn't even really a mandalorian like he's <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> but he like he he basically is and so it, it just expanded from there and now it's like he's we were talking uh, a few or like the last episode that we were covering the show like there was this theory that boba fett might have been in the background of one of these shots and like we'll see but it, it it certainly doesn't seem like that's the case and because there are so many other mandalorians and and um it's a it's a really fun ride so far. Um, I, I think uh, some people probably complain that like it's be, been Disney-fied, but you know, I, I, like you said, everyone I've talked to that's seen it has been a fan. You know, it's interesting because I feel like they're using a lot of the old tropes, but in new ways in order to keep it interesting and like and still nitty gritty, which I'm liking a lot. I do know that John Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni they're like huge Star Wars Mandalorian fans, and that pretty much put everybody at ease when we saw that this show was coming out. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because at most conventions and stuff, people will like point at my kit and they'll be like Boba Fett, and I'll be like, close enough, I guess, whatever. Right. <laughs> But now, like, since the show is getting so popular, people are actually going to, like, call us by the correct, like... Right, they're going to know what's going on. <laughs> yes, it's cool. It's like everybody has gotten really late to the party that I've been enjoying for the last <laughs> few years. Yeah. Well, and, like, that's the cool thing. Like, John Favreau uh, in The Clone Wars voiced a, ca- a Mandalorian character and, like, was kind of the leader of the Mandalorians for a while. And that was, like... I feel like maybe his his intro into it, and from there is just maybe been fascinated by it, and yeah, Filoni as well. Like and you can tell that the show's been made out of love and out of respect of um, the the characters that, or just like the the idea of what the characters were from from George, and like it's it's really fun, and obviously like everybody loves Baby Yoda, so <laughs> oh, Baby Yoda, that's, that's that sweet little child just here. <laughs> just here to bring us all together really it is um and like uh, just a bit of news they've been talking about how um uh it sounds like some of the merchandise is going to be ready for the holidays like there was kind of controversial before it's like because they had to hold back the secret of baby yoda and now like they can actually start selling some of this stuff and it's just going to blow up you're going to see it in every store yeah this i think that baby yoda is going to be like porgs porgs on cocaine (laughs) they're going to be everywhere I love Yodi. He's so cute. I don't know. Yeah. He's. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to get all the stuff. Um, but also, like, I don't know. Is I hope that he uh, continues on through the show. You know, like, I also think that the major thing that uh, Frank was talking about last episode was that kind of the timing of the one of the penultimate episodes is right around uh, Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's already speculation that this is tying into that movie as well. Um, okay, so I get yeah, I guess let's dig into some spoilers and go for it here. I mean, this was episode three, the sin, uh, which I think is double entendre uh, for for two things. Uh, I think it's Ooh. Um, but we'll kind of see what's going on here. 
from you guys. Uh, I I like this episode. It's also very short. I think that maybe they're taking a, uh, I know that this is like going to sound like a weird reference, but like a page out of like the entourage kind of book in that like you can have like 40 minute episodes, you could have 30 minute episodes, you can have 50 minute episodes, you know, you, they're going to mix it up obviously. But um, when you're going to have like non huge essential, you know, plot ones, you, you're probably going to get about a 30 minute one. And that's what we got here. Uh, would you guys, I, I don't know. We return back to this planet and uh, we see what happens. I think um, we, you know, the sin goes for two things. It's uh, the first is bringing back uh, baby Yoda to, uh, you know, Dr. Pershing and the, the, the Warner Herzog character. And then the second thing is him breaking like the code when he goes back and later on and he takes him um, and goes mm. off on his own. Uh, so yeah, uh, other stuff happens here. Um, but that's the main crux. Uh, the first scene when he goes back, oh my God, it's so creepy. <laughs> so creepy. So sad. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so just like really quick back to the, the episode lengths. I, it, it is hard, right? Like we, this is the first live action star Wars show. And when they say it's only eight episodes, it's like, okay, great. That's that should give us enough content because we're trained with, with, uh, shows like game of Thrones and stuff like that, that usually you're going to get an hour, maybe even longer. Uh, but here it's definitely not the case. And like I was saying this yesterday, it seems to me like they've made, uh, an arc of what the, the story is. And they're just like cutting it up where they feel like there are natural breaks. Like in episode one, they cut it, uh, right after the reveal of baby Yoda, because like, what, how could you possibly top that? Right. Um, and so I, I also appreciate that it's not bloated and that like it, it moves forward and you feel like you you're getting enough, but like waiting week to week and only have like 30 something minutes is just like not enough. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so difficult. And I do hope that they do vary a bit more with episode length as they go through. Um, the story approach is really good. Um, just because very oftentimes you'll get into a TV series that has a very set amount of time that it's airing for and things either end abruptly or they leave you with a lot of questions. The sequence of these, it seems, is going at a pretty good cadence. I just hope that they stretch them out just a little bit as long as the content's good. Right. Yeah, I agree. Like the, the end of this episode felt like a natural stopping point and um, each one so far has kind of been like that. It's like, okay, he's in the ship and he's going off. Boom. Let's see where our next adventure takes us. But, um, but yeah. All right. So like we should get through some of the plot stuff. Um, I, I was wrong. I, <laughs> I was like, no Mando is like an honorable guy now and he's not going to turn in baby Yoda to the empire. And like, he nope. totally does. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. 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 Bring but, it back. But uh, like, it, it makes sense. It makes sense for like plot reasons. Um, and also like, we don't know what kind of adventures he's been on before and like what other kind of bounties he's given up that maybe he regrets. But for some reason, this one like sticks with him. Um, John, like, what do you, was, was this kind of like in character for, for him? Do you feel like, or was, were you hoping for a different outcome? Yeah, the second that they opened up that uh, case full of Beskar, all of that Mandalorian steel, I was like, oh, you bet he's going to take that. You bet your sweet ass he's going to take all of that. <laughs> like, 
I tried to put myself in his shoes because, my God, I'm assuming that – and what kind of verified it for me was they had been talking a lot about that great purge that happened. So I'm under the assumption that Beskar itself is really rare and getting it back from Imperial Remnants is probably completely invaluable. I don't know if he had thought that he would be, end up going back after Baby Yoda or Yodi. <laughs> That's awesome, AJ. But uh, either way, I'm I'm – it was interesting, and I thought that was totally in character and so savage. I, some of my friends texted me, and they were like, oh, my God, if he doesn't go back, this is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 Shayna was like, even when she, we were watching it, she was like, he's going back. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, no, yeah. don't worry. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I I think like he gave him he gave him up. He got the best car, but like in the back of my mind is like he this isn't gonna stick. Like he's got his armor now, and also it means that the Empire got their hands on Baby Yoda for a short time, and they were able to extract what they needed, quote unquote, um, from it. And I also think that Doctor Pershing confirmed um, its gender. I'm pretty sure he said him. Um, yeah. So we get some information there and like that obviously will have ramifications later on, especially if it goes with our theories on how it's going to tie into Rise of Skywalker. Um, So uh, yeah, that's all super interesting. But like, uh, like we go to back to the Mandalorian. um, I don't know. Hideout, whatever. Did did they give it a name, John? The tribe is what everybody's calling it. The tribe. Um, And he, he, he gives uh, all this Beskar steel to, uh, I don't remember her, her name, but uh, to get his full armor set, basically. And uh, I thought it was interesting that he was like, I don't want to take that signet uh, that wasn't earned. Um, John, do you have any idea like more on what signets are? Is this kind of something new that they've been talking about on the show specifically? So um, signets previously or... Um or symbols were usually done for like Mandalorian, like clans or families. If you would have a symbol, then it would be owned by you. And then everybody else that was a part of your clan would share that symbol. It seems to me like these Mandos are starting over to an extent and they're kind of reforging their new destiny. And that might be what that has to do with it. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what we were thinking. Um, but yeah, he's like, I don't want the mud horn. Um, that good move too. Yeah. Because <laughs> that shit was ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Indeed. But like, you get this moment where uh, he he starts walking out in this, or he brings it in, and you can see that the other Mandalorians are all jealous of him, and uh, the one guy, the heavy armor armored guy, is kind of like fighting him for it. Like you, um, like are you Mandalorian? Like that that that, that kind of bickering back and forth, and like eventually, it, it like he really earned it. Um, and then you see everyone's like super jealous of the armor. <laughs> his his name is Heavy Infantry. <laughs> That's yeah, what they right. call him. And he's he's become such a legend. <laughs> Mandalorian like Night Fight. I think that's uh, also played by John Favreau, right? You know, I thought it was. I looked it up. It's not. It sounds a lot like him, though. Okay. Um, because I think that might have been a little bit too on the nose, like because he had played a Mandalorian in the past, pre Vizsla. Like I think that and spoilers but pre is dead um <laughs> that would have been kind of like a something that would throw people off maybe but it sounds sure. a hell of a lot like him yeah you know um, the best news though heavy heavy infantry is getting a toy too 
Tight. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Tight. We're going to get them all. <laughs> stock your stuffing. Or yeah. st- st- stuff your stockings. <laughs> stock, your st- stock your stuffing, everybody. Uh, episode title. Um, okay. Um, all right. So we see they're, like, they're hanging out. Uh, we He gets his awesome new bitchin' Beskar armor. And then he walks into the cantina era, era looking like fucking like Superfly, um and then you have carl weathers in there like i don't know like so like i guess like this is his like it, this is like just his employer but, like theoretically can't he just like leave and go anywhere else yeah I, I feel like well carl weathers character is the guild leader for the bounty hunters guild and if they're sticking to star wars lore that means that he is giving everything out to any licensed bounty hunter in the galaxy so technically mando can go and do whatever he wants i mean a bounty hunter is not just a bounty hunter but for some reason he just keeps coming back to this guy yeah well i think he also he went back there because he asked him like what are they going to do with the kid right yeah like for that intel yeah uh because he tried to get it from the empire and then he tried to get it from him and um I think that's where you start to see those seeds of doubt with him. Like, uh, well, maybe I, I don't want to take another job. Um, but like you get this, uh, awesome moment where it's like, yeah, no, everybody was on the same lead, but only you were the one to, to actually succeed. Um, which like kind of confirms our, our question from episode one with the, uh, IG eight, uh, 11, not IG 88, um, how that droid also was on this mission. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, but so he, he's going to go take a, another job and then he changes his mind, obviously. And we get like the beginning of pretty much like just like action from there on out. Fantastic action. Great action. Such such savagery. <laughs> he yo, he loves his motherfucking flamethrower, dude. He loves that <laughs> shit. He, he uses that one all the time. You can That's really tell. Awesome. You can really tell with that poor remnant star stormtrooper that he like torches that he <laughs> there was some part of him that was really enjoying that shit. And <laughs> me as a viewer, I was also like, "This is." I kind of feel bad for thinking this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This show has been violent and savage, but it's also like it's for everybody. So like, it's still just a stormtrooper. You're not like seeing someone burn to a crisp, really. Um, and then so he, he has the opportunity to use his little – what are they – the little birds or the whistling birds? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Oh, man. Those things are ridiculous. <laughs> All, are those like part of canon as well? So those I've never seen like used before or heard them be used in canon. Um, Boba Fett had like a series – he had like five or six of those uh, – of those style of rockets on his wrist, but he only ever shot them in one direction and they would make a big explosion. He, something would happen after that with these, like firing 10 of those and then have them all like lock on to stormtroopers. That was wild. Yeah. I got serious Iron Man vibes from that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Thank you, John Favreau. <laughs> they definitely iron, iron manificated his, uh, his suit. You know, like short of an AI, he has a lot of like the Iron Man, like the the shiny metal now. Like that's like that's straight up Iron Man. Like yeah. even like going back and like thinking of Boba Fett, like it's very dull and like green and dented. <laughs> like it's all it's all <laughs> fucked up. Like this is like some hot shit, awesome armor. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then he's like, then the 
word gets put out about him after he well like spoiler alert he rescues baby Yoda or Yodi and uh he you know hears them talking and poor baby Yoda he's lying on this uh like medical tray all wiped out and uh he, gras- he grabs him and then immediately everybody's fobs start lighting up and all of his uh you know colleagues are now coming after him uh i thought this was awesome and i really i really dug this whole this whole end of the scene um what what do you guys think do you guys enjoy it do you, i mean is this like i mean how could you not right this is fucking fantastic <laughs> it was interesting i noticed uh, like during that scene it was the the great choice and i wondered how um the 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 bounty hunters guild was going to react to somebody breaking the code like that especially somebody as well respected and that people were jealous of and then naturally they did they did exactly what they would do in character and i'm glad that he didn't get cut any slack for doing that shit yeah i mean that's like the interesting thing right like as much as he's a part of this bounty hunter guild he's also part of this mandalorian culture and so you know you're kind of torn between uh the job and then the the loyalty um and and the honor right two different very uh, different schools of thought honestly and so like ultimately it's it's very cool because you see he gets rescued by his Mandi- mandalorian brethren and they all come in like uh flying in with their jetpacks and like just all their awesome uh weapons and you know like you get this feeling that uh this is probably not the last we've seen of them um and that they're really starting to to rebuild their culture um well, I was just going to say he took a huge risk because one thing I do recall from um, one of the earlier seeds when they were in the foundry was like they said, well, only one of us can go above ground at a time. And this guy is a traitor for that and all of that different stuff. So they've it's pretty, it's pretty obvious that they had to blow their cover. And right. that and it seems to me like there can't be that many Mandalorian tribes left out there. So that was a huge move that they did just for honor. And Carl Weathers, I mean – Bless him. I really loved him as a character until that moment that he's like that he completely lost it and started taking pot shots at the Mandalorian because it showed the difference, I guess, between honor of the code and honor of the dollar. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like he sneaks away and you, you think like, oh, maybe we're not going to see him again. Um, oh, no, no, Apollo. <laughs> but he uh, yeah, he goes w- one more time trying to get him. And obviously our Mandalorian is not that that stupid. Um but we haven't seen the last of him because his best Garcil saved his life from getting shot. I mean, that's like, that's like such a trope, right? People like having something in their pocket, like not getting killed. <laughs> Dude, RPG rule number one: always loot, always loot the body. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, um, I when he first escaped the uh, the den or where wherever he first got Baby Yoda, I was like, man, he just needs a jetpack. And then like, like <laughs> yeah, later, immediately immediately fly to your ship but like and he says it later on he's like i need to get me one of those like yeah he does that was really interesting too it makes me wonder how like how far along the mandalorian pedro pascal's character is in the tribe because it seemed to me that those other guys just casually rolled in there and blew everybody up and have jetpacks and assault gun rifles and stuff like that i mean don't get me wrong the star wars christmas special gun that the mandalorian has that disintegrates people was awesome but it felt to me like some of those guys were almost out of his league. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think that 
it's also interesting that like they have so much armor and are like so heavily, you know, uh, you know, um, like, armored again. Again, I don't. I hate to sound redundant. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, these. You know, he doesn't have so much armor, so he kind of like blends in. Like when these guys go outside into the world, like what do people think? Like how do they perceive them? Like this is full on, you know, mecha droid walking down the fucking aisle of me, <laughs> like about to blow my ass up. Like what's going on? Uh, I I, lo- I love the jetpacks. I think that they totally differentiated how we saw the jetpacks in the original movies, like and how they kind of moved them forward in uh, Attack of the Clones, like. There's a whole big uh, Django Fett uh, jetpack scene there. Uh, I would say that these closely resemble that and what you play in the Battlefront games. Um, and that was pretty... I'm like totally down with that. So I'm down to see him add a jetpack at his next installment area. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm happy that he has Baby Yoda. I was nervous he wasn't going to be able to get him. And that they were going to like kill him and like some crazy like game of thronesy kind of thing. So like maybe this show won't really do that and like take those big risks, but maybe it'll have like you know um you know other stuff that they can do. So I'm I'm down. I did you guys see the stinger? I didn't get to see the stinger. Uh for next oh, week. Oh like the, um hmm. No, I haven't yet. I'm I don't think to... I have either. Actually, now that I think about it. Have you, I have um a few predictions, but go ahead. Talk to me about your yeah. Predictals. Go for it. This 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 is your shot to tell us what you got. Yeah. I don't know. I'm leaving Carl Weathers alive <laughs> makes me really nervous for the tribe that's on whatever that planet is. I think that it could be if they are trying to take risks in this show, they could really easily have the Mandalorian come back after time abroad and then have basically the tribe completely ruined. Mm. And then that that could cause a little bit of a fulcrum for him to have to seek revenge and do a lot of those different things. But I guess we're just going to have to see. Um, it's a bit of a stretch, I know. Well, they kind of uh, – when he, he – I think he was – who was he talking to? I guess it was the armor in, heavy infantry guy like, oh, you're going to have to move your – move the clan. And so like, yeah, it's OK, but it's worth it and this is the way, um, which is like this a great – This is the way. <laughs> I, I love it. like like this when a show has a, a, a tagline like Battlestar Galactica, so say we all kind of thing. Like ah, uh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, whether they're gonna find another place on that planet or if or all of them are gonna migrate off world, who knows? Um, but yeah, that would be tragic if he came back like Luke after uh, and finding his aunt and uncle burned to a crisp. Uh, that would be sad. Yeah. Yodi. Um, what other theories you got? Um, well, I've been trying really hard to do the the math, I guess the long division behind baby Yodi, Yoda's age, and when he hypothetically could have been born. And it, I mean, because Yoda lived to be about 900, and this is post-Return of the Jedi by a few years. So this was sometime around like the Attack of the Clones, maybe a little bit later period, like Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if he's 50, right? Like, Exactly. Anakin, Anakin was roughly 50 by the time he died. And, I mean, one thing that I really want to like compliment um, Disney on is they haven't gone too hard on the Easter eggs yet either. I mean, they've been doing a little bit here and there, but they've been, like, trying not to too desperately nail the plot and different pieces together, similarly to what they did with the Solo movie. It felt like that was just two hours of Easter eggs 
to for fan service. This has been a bit different. I'm just kind of trying to figure out if they're going to tie that in or if they're just going to leave it hanging loose, which in a few ways could even be better. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you think about like fan service, maybe that's something that they learned um, from from some of the other movies that they put out so far, and that's why like they're slowing down and focusing on the show and other shows before they. Uh, they finished the saga and then, you know, there's a couple other movies like in the works, but nothing really concrete at this point. So yeah, I think you're right. Um, I do love <laughs> seeing the, I think one of the, the Koekian monkey lizards, like on a spit there. It's so great. <laughs> Those like little, Oh yeah. Salacious crumb guys. Uh, yeah. It was so good. And the way that he looked and kind of went like, Oh, I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's what you get for being the origin of what would become a Jar Jar Binks. <sighs> you are not wrong. That's right. I said it. I went there. It's true. <laughs> I'm excited to to go to some new places in the Outer Rim. Like, uh, you know, I, I think we've seen like some nice, you know, desert planets so far. I'm excited to see a new potentially desert planet, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, kind of go from there. I'm. I'm also hopeful that they start, uh, you know, um, you know, revealing, you know, where the other Imperials are and kind of uh, if we see any of like the new Republic or like if we see any of the new, uh, you know, pilots or, you know, rebel fighters like out there in the galaxy doing stuff too. Where are they? We've seen some stormtroopers. How about a guy dressed up like he should be on Yavin? What's going on? Um, Mm. So, yeah. I wonder where he's going. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, there are so many other characters that have been cast in, uh, you know, every interview that we haven't met yet. So it's like, I, you know, we we're we're bound to see them. Like I, I'm also like, I don't know if we've seen the last of IG Eleven. Um, it's I'm kind of sad that like the Nick Nolte character is probably not around anymore unless he goes back to that planet, which I doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean more planets more creatures and characters i'm I'm down um i think uh it'll be interesting to see uh where this plot goes with with the baby yoda and like you know if they extracted something from him and like all we've seen him do since like waking up was like grabbed a little bally thing like does he still have like a connection to the force or is he kind of like oh yes He's still okay, you think? Well, it's not like a, it's not like you have like a force spleen, you know what I mean? Like that just secretes your midi chlorians. But the midi chlorians, man, the midi chlorians. Yeah, oh, but God, you, don't. I'm sure I'm certain the midi chlorians are coming back. They're gonna bring him back. So they're they're gonna say that word. Um, but no, uh, if you, I don't think you can take away someone's natural force ability, right? Like that's that just seems, you know, unless that's what they were trying to do. Uh, I don't know. I do know that IG-11 could show back up again in a different form. It really depends on how much they looked at the bounty hunter lore before they put the show together. Because the original story, I don't think you guys know IG-88. He was um, he was one of that droid line, too. Their story is basically centered around the idea that there was one robot that decided that he had just had enough and he synced up all of the other droids in his network, and they're trying to figure out this, the the um, <laughs> the meaning of life as a singular entity, but also doing this stuff on the side because they don't care. So they're all kind of connected. So it might so not like actually, a hive mind. 
Exactly. It might not be IG-11 itself that comes back, but it might be another iteration of him that is sentient and remembers all of that stuff. That would be awesome, actually. That's cool. It's kind of because, like, then you could still have Taika Waititi, uh, you know, voicing him, and like, you know, he got shot in the head, so he would need a lot of repairs in order to be brought back. But like, if his consciousness went into IG-12 or whatever it was, like, and uh, he's got other friends out there that like all come back to haunt the Mandalorian at some point, that would be cool. Imagine the banter. Uh, between <laughs> themselves? Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you shot me. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, John, any other thoughts on this show? Anything else that you want to talk about before we, we get off here? Just that they're doing a, a really good job so far of keeping it to to the code and like making it at least some semblance of, of what it used to be while adding new and, and interesting stuff. I'm really looking forward to where it goes. They would have to make a really hard left to turn a lot of us off to watching this. That's for sure. Well, there you go. You got a Mandalorian stamp of approval right there. Um, I'm for it. Uh, it's going to be weird. Cause you know, the next episode comes out like the day after Thanksgiving. Um, we're all going to be like in a Turkey coma watching it at like 10 in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's when I do my best thinking, so I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, listen, this was a great episode. Thank you, John, for coming on. Uh, it really makes me happy that um, you know you you took the time to hop on with us. Uh, hope to hear from you maybe potentially again. Uh, so yeah, uh, guys, uh, if you want, you can uh, you know turn off this episode but what you could also do is you could do what we ask you in this portion which is to please like and subscribe please uh subscribe to the podcast on apple itunes you can find us on uh spotify you can find us on stitcher uh you can find us on google uh you can also check us out on social media at llh podcast you could find us on the website www.longlostheroes.net you could also send us an email if you were so inclined. Info at longlostheroes.net. Uh, I am AJ. I'm Frank. John, do you have any uh, specific places for people to find you and see your cool armor or the other Mandalorian mercs? Uh, just get involved and maybe build some armor of your own on mandalorianmercs.org. Amazing. Again, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will be back next week to cover episode four of The Mandalorian. Thanks so much. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.